Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Spin Class, talking politics with Michael Fragan on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com, jminthem.org. And we're going to switch gears a little bit this evening. There is conflict in the Holy Land. And I'll say that again. We have reached the point of conflict between Israel and the Hamas in Gaza. Rockets are raining down on Israel and potentially poised for a ground war. To that extent, we are going to focus, instead of on U.S. politics that we've done over the last couple year, uh, last couple weeks, we are going to focus on Israel, on the situation there, on the politics, on the geopolitics, Israel's upcoming elections, and some of the dynamics that are taking place. Hillary Clinton has arrived, the Secretary of State, some say the outgoing Secretary of State, but right now she's there. Flew in on an emergency basis, was with President Obama in East Asia, and now she's on the ground in Israel trying to mediate a ceasefire. Of course, the word ceasefire kind of uh, ring hollow because it does seem sometimes in the Middle East that the firing never ceases. Israel has become a focus of the entire world right now, of the entire region, just at the same time that the Syrian conflict continues to rage. And everybody seems to forget at this point what is going on in Syria and how that conflict continues with no end in sight. I haven't seen many world leaders running to Syria to try and figure out how to solve that one. But everybody is always focused on that tiny little country that many of us call as our homeland. Israel can defend itself, cannot defend itself. Everybody seems to have an opinion about that. Well, I think a lot of you out there know where we stand and how we feel about the Holy Land and how we feel about Israel and about Gaza and about the disengagement. Of course, a misnomer at this point, disengagement, that would imply that we could kind of wash our hands of the entire Gaza experience. But we don't seem to be able to do that, my friends. It seems to go on and on as a thorn. And Hamas and the other groups, whether Hamas can control them, whether they can't control them, not really for me to decide. But there's certainly one thing that's going on is that the Palestinians and the Palestinian, not the Palestinian Authority, but I guess the Hamas is in a conflict with the Palestinian Authority for power within, amongst the Palestinians. There's conflict in Gaza amongst the more radical groups and Hamas if you can imagine such a thing as more radical than Hamas. And then, of course, there's a larger conflict within the Arab world right now between the Sunnis and the Shiites, between Iran, the Iran-Syria connection between Hamas that is broken, or seems to have broken with Syria. Potentially, Iran is now put it, pushing it into a different direction. And you have allies of Hamas now in Egypt and in other countries, in Turkey, in part of that Sunni alliance, now focusing their energies a little bit on Israel. I would have wished that they would have just kept focusing on Syria, but alas, it's not to be. Let's see what kind of 
muscle flexing continues. And as rockets rain down, we have to thank, be thankful for the fact that there is a missile protection system called the Iron Dome that seems to be saving a lot of potential civilian casualties. But one thing we should all keep in mind that since Israel went into Gaza in a ground invasion in Operation Cast Lead, but a few years ago, Hamas and others in, the, in, in Gaza seem to have improved their missile capabilities tremendously. So instead of being able to just hit, and I don't say this with any type of jaundice die, instead of being able to just hit Steyrot and Afakim and others in the immediate south in Beersheba, they have rockets that can now reach Yerushalayim and the Gushdan region all the way to Tel Aviv something that really threatens the integrity of Israel itself. So with us in the studio tonight, we have a special guest from Israel, Aryeh King. He is the founder and director of the Israel Land Foundation, and he has dedicated the last 15 years to strengthening the Jewish presence in Israel. He's a commentator. He's someone who understands the political situation, some of the political dynamics that really are very, very needed to understand both Israel and the conflict within Israel, but also without as far as the competition, if you will, for really the struggle between Israel and its foes over a tiny, tiny specks of land that we hold very, very dear. So, Arye, welcome to the program. We appreciate you coming on as a special guest on a very inopportune time. I say inopportune because we all wish that there wouldn't be conflict right now, but unfortunately there is, and you're here, and please give us some insight as to where you think uh, things are going and uh, how you think uh, right now how the Israeli government is handling itself. First of all, uh, good evening, uh, Michael and the audience, and thank you for uh, hosting me here. Uh, it's uh, a pleasure uh, to be here, and uh, I will try to give some sense to people that are listening to us now about uh, how I see or how I see the reality in the area of the Gaza Strip. I would first want to uh, correct you. Nothing new is happening in the last week or the last few days, five days. Israel is in a conflict of missiles that is being launched to Israel for more than 10 years. My parents, that made Aliyah from England at 69, 1969, they moved, they made Aliyah to a kibbutz called Kibbutz Alumim. Kibbutz Alumim is one and a half kilometers from Gaza. Already 10 years ago, the kibbutz was attacked by mortars and all kind of simple, if there is something that I can say simple about missiles, but simple and short uh, distance missiles that were launched from Gaza to kibbutzim and to villages and to small towns that for some reason, for our governments at the last 10 years, it's not, it wasn't so important that people like in Shderot in Tivot, in Ofakim, in Eshkol, in the area between Ashkelon and the Gaza Strip, 
it wasn't enough important to our leaders that these people are, they never know where they will have their uh, Shabbat supper uh, with their friends in the, uh, what we call the, um, the security room in their house because there's a siren in the middle of, uh, of Shalom Aleichem and Eshet Chayil. This is the way people are living there already for 10 years knowing that nobody cares about them. The only reason that suddenly, as the last, uh, last week, the government of Israel uh, decided to, uh, to uh, start to uh, respond is that three months ago, three months ago, the Hamas checked a missile and then launched the, the missile from Gaza to Sinai. And they checked what is the distance that this missile can get. And they saw the Iron Dome catched this missile that was launched to Sinai. And they saw it's going to more than 70 kilometers. And once the Israel intelligence and the army noticed that, Israel came to the conclusion that it can also be direct to central of Israel. And just then, suddenly they decided, okay, we need also to respond. Of course, there's other reasons why it suddenly happened last week. As you raised before, the Iranians and the Syrians have a big, uh, big interest uh, that uh, all the focus of the international uh, media and uh, the world altogether will not be anymore about on Damascus and Hama and all of these cities where they they are killing each other, and uh, and they are, they created the flames. Uh, in Gaza that are directed to us. But again, it's a war than, than more than 10 years. Let's de- not forget it. And uh, it's, a, it's a shame for us that just now we, the government of Israel is thinking about cleaning Gaza. And unfortunately, from uh, hearing from people in Israel, it seems to be that uh, it's not going to happen even now after missiles are falling in Jerusalem, in Tel Aviv. Bibi Netanyahu and Lieberman, they are talking like they are going to smash the Hamas and going. But unfortunately, what I hear from my friends that are in the reserves on the border of Gaza, and what I hear hearing from my parents and my brothers that are living right there, it's... They're still there. They're still they're, on the moon. They're still there. And unfortunately, it seems to be, it's not going to be. It's not going to be. Israel is not, again, it's not going in. And uh, again... It's, uh, I said it many times that our problem is not the Arabs, it's our leaders that are weak, they don't have vision, they don't believe that we have rights to live in East Jerusalem, of course not in the West Bank, Judea and Samaria, and, they, and, and if we don't have any, any real reason to live in East Jerusalem, why should we also live maybe in the areas around Gaza Strip? So what you're say- telling me is that Israel had essentially accepted the status quo around Gaza. They said those communities were going to live under the threat of missiles all the time. But once it, once that radius got larger and got to a certain point that it threatened more of the population, that's that was a decision to to do it. It wasn't a situation where the 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 volume of missiles just became unacceptable. It was with regard to the range of the missiles. 
Where, 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 the idea is that there's a certain red line. It's that, and where is that red line drawn? Is that it's not Beersheva anymore? It's 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 only there's no red line. It's not there's no red line to Lieberman. He's just barking, but he's not going to do anything. This is Lieberman. That people think that he is the guy that is, you know, the fighter that will is is the guy that will protect us from the Arabs in Israel outside of Israel. But he's just talking. Bibi is the same. Bibi already proved to us at 97 when he was a prime minister. What a weak leader is he? That is, is instead of being proud of being a leader of a nation like the Jewish nation, that is back to his home, to the Holy Land, and to protect every inch, because there's no any difference between Kibbutz Alumim, Oshderot, and Tel Aviv. What's the difference? But for some reason, now they did react. But I think, I was sure, I, I hoped also last week and also two days ago, that it's really, they are mean, they, they mean to go in. They meant what they said, Bibi and Lieberman. But they seem to be slowly, as the time is passing, that again. But does Israel want to be in Gaza? We don't want to be there, right? Most of the Israelis want Israel to go back to Gaza to cut the Gaza Strip to four or five pieces and to clean piece after piece of the Gaza Strip, clean it from every weapon. If it's a missile for one kilometer or for 300 kilometers, we don't care because the people that are living in Shderot, their life is equal to the people living in Atania and Tel Aviv and Herzliya and Rishon Etzion and Jerusalem. And therefore, you need to clean Gaza from every weapon that can be launched against Jews from Gaza to the people living close or far. And without doing that, Bibi and the, and the government of Israel is, I would say it in a, in a nasty way, a nasty way or not in a nice way, they are um, abandoning their, pop, their, uh, their people that are in the front line and just thinking about themselves. Because I believe if Bibi were living in Shderot, if Lieberman or Ehud Barak were living in Netivot, this uh, uh, response that we saw in the last few days, we were seeing it already a few years ago. Well, let me give you a perspective that you could look at from America. It's kind of, we're not living in it, and I'm not going to go ahead and... and question the perspective of somebody living in Sderot and how they would, how they would, I don't know how somebody could possibly live under that threat or in Kibbutz Alumim. And, uh, I have to, have to, can only have praise and admiration for people who are willing to, to settle, uh, Eretz Yisrael in, in, in that way and, and be on the front lines and protecting really the rest of the country. But when you look at Netanyahu and his and the way he has, I think, very effectively played the American political system and actually navigated some very difficult, by, by, difficult waters in in the Middle East. I it, don't. I, I, I must say, I, he, he supported Mitt Romney. If you, I don't admire Netanyahu I, in I, nothing. Okay. Well, look, he, he, he knows how to talk, but that whole. Okay. 
Look what is happening in Judea and Samaria. He frees Judea and Samaria. No building. Look what's happening in East Jerusalem. No um, building. Everything that is good for the Jewish nation is not doing. And check me. Tell me one thing that he did that is good for the Jewish nation. Even the Iron Dome is not Bibi. It was before of him. Even he was against it from maybe from the budget issues. It was Amir Peretz. Look, I am a doer from the field. I am not listening to what people are saying. I'm listening what they are. I'm looking to what they are doing. And when sure. you see what the government did, nothing, zero. But we're looking, but I understand the situation on the ground, but I'm talking about the perception, which of course in politics is very much almost as important as a lot of different realities that exist. And the perception is, and you want to say that he made a bet on Mitt Romney. I'm not sure that uh, certainly Obama seems to be behind Israel at this point. I don't think that you could, we probably couldn't have had a better reaction from a U.S. government than we've had. Uh, and I'm sure that many of the listeners might not might not agree because I I know that many of uh, many of the list, many of our listeners have uh, were decidedly partisan uh, on one side, and I think uh, I was among them. I, I certainly don't deny my Republican uh, uh, proclivities, but I think that one thing is for sure that you could that the U.S. government right now, and by extension, putting pressure on the Egyptian government. I don't think the Egyptian government has expected to have to rein in. Hamas as 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 they're trying desperately to do I think that uh, I and that's that's my the way I'm looking at it is that a lot of Hamas's backers will probably see this as a significant misstep on their part uh, provoking Israel into a conflict that that's probably that's detrimental to that's detrimental to Egypt and detrimental to many of the other Arab allies uh, and you know, I, I'm I'm certainly welcome to you know to understand why in Israel that might not be perceived as well because the situation on the ground is in many places is unlivable and unthinkable and probably and and something that we should never have to experience as a as a free people in our own land. But given given what it given what it is, the the U.S. government seems to be firmly on Israel's side. And I think that that was something that's unexpected amongst a lot of Jews and possibly amongst a lot of Israelis that that would happen uh, at this point. And I will tell you like that. I will surprise you. My opinion about the uh, U.S. Uh, approach to Israel is uh, is uh, different different altogether the way that I think you look at it and many Israelis even look. Well, that's good because I, it's, it's, I don't like people on the show who agree with no, me. I will it's tell you what, I will tell you, I will tell you something that uh, I'm here to I learn. believe, I believe, I believe in it uh, for a long time. U.S. needs Israel more than Israel needs the U.S., okay? Look where the U.S. puts a X radar that is anti-missile radar to protect Europe. The best place to put it was in Kuwait or in Saudi Arabia. Why did they put it in Israel? Okay, for one reason. One reason. They know the only, the only place in the Middle East that they can depend on in any case, in any circumstances, is Israel. Secondly, 
any, um, I would say, any crisis that will be in the Middle East, never mind in what country it will be, Lebanon, Syria, Egypt, Iraq, wherever it will be, U.S. know they have an address. From the other side, we need U.S. maybe to help us, to support us in the United Nations. But what I see in the last 15 years that I'm involved with what's happening in some political issues and East Jerusalem specific and the, and the Judean Samaria, what I saw that most times the leaders of the United, United States are backing up Israel. Especially, especially, and I don't remember one time it wasn't that, especially when Israel is being, being attacked. I don't remember one time, never mind who was it, Clinton, Bush the father, Bush the son, when Israel decided something, when Israel was attacked, that the states didn't back up Israel. Because the states know that Israel have the patience, and Israel is giving the chance to the other side, and when Israel is responding, it's really when there's no other choices. And uh, because of that, I think I'm not surprised with with the response of Obama and, uh, and Hillary. Unfortunately, I think now, uh, when they hear Bibi thinking to, to go into a ceasefire, yes, no, so uh, maybe for the interest of the relation between the US and Egypt, so the United, uh, United States are also pushing Bibi to this direction to get to a ceasefire, that I think it would be a big mistake. We will pay for that uh, double in another few months or maybe a year. When again, missiles that would come from Libya or would come from Syria or from Algeria will uh, fall to the, uh, uh, the fundamentalist, fundamentalistic uh, Islamists that are in Gaza. And uh, the issue will not be anymore Tel Aviv. It will be, I would say, all of Israel. Because missiles like that are all over. This is what Israel bombed in Sudan a month ago. A, 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 a storage of missiles that were uh, smuggled from, Le from Libya because they were on the way to Gaza. So if we will not now put the end to this way that terrorists know that they can bring any missile, any weapon through Egypt to Israel, if we will not stop it, it's just a matter of time, Michael, that we will sit here another few months, a year, and we will talk about if Israel is going to cease fire or not, and tell me why Bibi would be able in another year to say, yes, now I am going to Gaza because now the missiles got to Netanya or got to Arcelia, that it's by Tel Aviv. What's the difference? We'll be in the same place. And this is, the, this is now the time. It's already late. We are 10 years late. It's time, now the time to, to go back to clean Gaza Strip and to put soldiers, Israeli soldiers, on the border between Egypt and the Gaza Strip and this way to control anything that is entering to Gaza. Without doing that, unfortunately, I think we will face even much uh, difficult uh, uh, situation that than we faced in the last week. Well, we had rockets in Gaza even when Israel was was there. We again, why? Because Israel withdrew from Gaza. There was no one missile, one mortar that was sent from Gaza when Israel controlled all of the Gaza Strip. It started when Israel withdrew to Gush Katif, and again, Israel gave the Fatah. But the Fatah is today the Hamas. It's no different between Fatah and Hamas, with all the respect to, and I don't have any respect, not to any Fatah and any Hamas. Once Israel withdrew from Gaza Strip, from the north part, 
or from the Rafiach in the, in the south part of the Gaza Strip, then suddenly we got missiles and mortars into Gush Katif or into the suburbs uh, of, uh, sorry, to the southern part of Israel. And we need to get, get back, not to Gush Katif, of course to Gush Katif also, and to rebuild Nevet Kalim and to rebuild all the settlements that were there, including Netzarim. But I'm talking about something else. We need to get back to all of Gaza. Look, I bo- was born there. That's the end game? That's the idea? This, there's no other way to protect Israel than to do that. No other way. Okay? If you want to believe, to trust the Hamas, so go ahead. Why, peace, why to do ceasefire? Do a peace agreement with the Hamas. Talk with them I mean, uh, to get to an agreement. about You believe in the Hamas that they will stop the jihad Islam, the world jihad Islam, to launch missiles? They will do the work for you? Of course not. We all know that. Bibi knows that. Bibi wrote a book about that. Bibi knows more than anybody because he wrote a book. And I'm just asking Bibi, read your book and implement what you, the, your, the conclusions that you got to. And unfortunately, it's so, not. So you want, so according to this plan, Israel should go back in to Gaza, not just clean out for the weapons, but stay there. Yeah. Like, like exactly the Judea and Samaria. Exactly the same. To clean the place for every weapon. We don't have rockets coming from Judea and Samaria. You know why? Because we are controlling all of Judea and Samaria. This is exactly the example. I'm not saying Arabs cannot stay in Jebalia or Rafiach or Khan Yunus or Gaza. They can stay there. But they will be under full control of Israeli army. Without that, it's a matter of time that we will get missiles and the distance will not be to Gush Etzion. It will get to Jerusalem. It will get also to the Dead Sea. So... Where, given the fact that we have elections coming up in Israel, and wh- where do you think uh, where do you think we're going with this with this conflict? Say we get a ceasefire, and we or we don't get a ceasefire. Look, politi- how, how, how does the how politically? Do you... Politically, I think if there will not be a ceasefire, if there will not be a ceasefire, Bibi will lose a lot, a lot of votes from the right wing. There's no question. If there will not be a ceasefire, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. So. Personally, that I am not a leftist like, like the Likud guys, I am right-wing and really right-wing. I think politically, I will, uh, people like me will, uh, will enjoy the, the situation that will not be ceasefire. Politically, we will enjoy it because we will get more votes to the right-wing. But I think for the sake of Israel, for the sake of the Jewish nation, for the sake of every Jew in the States that wants to come to Israel and feel comfortable when he's going to his vacation house in Tel Aviv, Ashdod or Ashkelon or Jerusalem, for the sake of that, ceasefire must not be approved and Israel need to uh, 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 send their troops into the Gaza Strip. But who, who benefits if Bibi loses? The right, the left? If Bibi? If Bibi... If Bibi loses his support, okay. The so right wing. The right wing parties that are in right of the Likud. Right, but the right wing parties are probably not going to be able to form a government, correct? No, I'm saying politically it will not change the the the, the blocks. It will not change the blocks in the, polit- in the political uh, field of Israel. Right and left will stay the same. I'm just saying more right people that were voting to the Likud 
will move the, the instead of voting to the Likud, they will vote to uh, parties like uh, Atikva, the National Union, Bait Yudi, religious uh, uh, Zionist uh, party, like, and, and this is what will happen. The bloc will not change. But inside the right side, there will be changes. But you still see that the future leadership in any, in any eventuality will be a right-wing government. Absolutely. 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 No chance that the left will uh, win. Especially, you know, I met today in New York, I met today uh, the lawyer Yoram Ravid. Yoram Ravid is a lawyer that he was really the person that came with the idea of the disengagement from Gush Katif. Is the brain behind of this disaster. I met him today. He was in the Sharon government? Or? He was in the Sharon government. Uh-huh. If you check, you Google him, you see this guy, Yoram Ravid, the is lawyer. Is there actually a brain there? There was a brain. There was. But, you, but listen to the brain that came with this stupid idea. He said, I don't understand Bibi. Why he is not getting in and shma- smashing anything there the, on the way to clean, gather, from weapon. I told him, this is what Arik Sharon would do? He said, no question. This is what we talked about. By doing the disengagement, this crime, the idea was, the brain was to say, okay, if we are doing something like that, we will have all of the legitimate to go in with full power and to act and to respond to every missile. He's saying, this lawyer, Yoram Ravid, he said, unfortunately, uh, Bibi, that uh, got the Gaza Strip as is, without Jews already, he didn't implement the other side of the disengagement plan that, is, that said that once we are redrawing from Gaza Strip, then we have all the rights to respond with every weapon about any attack against Israel. So we are now stuck with a prime minister that was, was against, sorry, he voted, he approved the disengagement, he approved, he voted uh, for, for it in a favor in the Knesset, and now he's not responding like he don't have any uh, uh, responsibility to what he decided or what he was involved in deciding uh, six, seven years ago. So Arya, one of the big differences between the U.S. and Israel with regard to conflict, with regard to war, and war is unfortunate in, in, in any country, obviously, but particularly in Israel, is that we're, we're, we're fighting on multiple fronts here in the U.S. We have soldiers in harm's way in multiple places, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in Afghanistan, but, uh, uh, but other places as well. And we don't really feel it here at home. You can sit here. We sit here on the Lower East Side. We don't feel that we're at war. We, we felt the hurricane more than we feel <laughs> the fact that there are. But in Israel, the entire country feels it. Everybody, you know, people get called up from Iluim and people are... are Everybody feels it. It's 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 impossible not to know. Yeah. Uh, and is is the society is is Israeli society ready for a a deep and prolonged conflict? I mean, there's a lot of there's always been a lot written about over the last couple of years uh, about how Israeli society has has weakened and fragmented. The the weakness came after the leaders respond in a weak way. But right now, but right, uh, right now, right now, the, 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 people, right now, is the country united. You know, there was I saw a, 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 a in a, in a Ynet. Ynet is a very the most popular uh, news site in Israel. Sure, they did their a poll today. 
about how much want to go in, how many Israelis want to go in and to clean Gaza and to send your troops by, you know, on ground and how much against. But the gap that I saw today, uh, at, it was uh, at 12 o'clock, it was uh, like uh, 30% more that wants people, so, uh, want, want to see uh, Israeli troops going back. I would say more than that. You go and ask the people that are in the front line, people in Ashdod, people in Rishon Etzion, people in Ashkelon, people in Be'er Sheva. There's no doubt. You see what the response of the people when they heard about this idiotic idea of ceasefire after you are being attacked like no country can accept it. It's, you know, I, you cannot understand that. And people that are suffering from that, they are the first one They are that willing, they are waiting just to go in, send their, their children into the Gaza, Strip, the Gaza Strip, knowing that there is a big risk on it. But they know that this risk is worthwhile because this can get us the quiet that all of us want, like the people you said, like the people in the States that want to feel, they, 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 they live here in Lower East Side, they don't feel the war, the people... Exactly like that, people in Shderot and Netivot want to fear. They already forget, forgot the way of living without this threat. Imagine. Sure, but, the there are children but the people that, living in Akko and Nahariya also understand. Exactly. But look what happened. Look what happened. When, this is what's the sad thing of Israel. You, you talked about politically, the, the politicians in Israel. When leftists are in the power, they are responding like the right wing wants When the right wing in power, they are responding like the leftists. This is the sickness of the Israeli system. Uh, we have that in America too. Uh, okay, uh, but you, know? you, you have no ownership on, on fake politicians. Okay. But that's a good segue actually to our, we have on the phone Judah Engelmeyer. And uh, Judah is a PR maven who has worked uh, both for politicians, Jewish organizations, and he is senior vice president of 5WPR. and was the American Jewish Congress's chief communications officer. He is a consultant and to Israeli politicians and to others uh, and uh, corporate clients. And I want to get a perspective from Judah on the PR aspects and the Hasbara aspect, which is so, so important for us here in the American Jewish community. And welcome, Judah, to the show. Thank you very much, Michael. It's nice to be here. So, Jude, I understand that you're joining us from the dinner of the American-Israel Friendship League. I'm at the American-Israel Friendship League dinner, and, uh, and Council General Ito Aroni just, just gave probably the most beautiful speech I've heard in a while. Give us a, give us a quick tidbit, a little, well, uh, little soundbite. In, in terms of beautiful, it, it, it's, hard, it, it's hard to say beautiful to, to an American audience, but, but uh, he, he spoke very poignantly, very on, on, on the fact, on, on the matter of fact, on what's happening right now, pulled no punches, and really described the situation going on in Israel as clear as it should be, as clear as day, in clear English words, without pulling any punches and without, without, without hesitating. And, and, and it, it was both frightening and enlightening at the same time. But it also gave us hope that eventually something's going to break. So, Judah, from your perspective as uh, somebody who counsels organizations on how to best win the, ba the battle for the public mind, Uh, how is Israel doing? Well, it, it's, it's, well, first I want, I want to step back to one thing you said, because you, you said that on Lower East Side they don't feel war. I just want to say that my, my, my sister, who's a Lower East Sider, 
just surprised her her son today, who's who's in Jerusalem learning for a year. She showed up in Israel. Nobody knew she was even going. She upped and left with her husband, came and just landed in Israel today, and they're there for the weekend. So a Laurie Sider is feeling it, and um, she just called him from Jerusalem about an hour ago and said that, She's in Ben Yehuda. She's on Ben Yehuda Street. She was in Emek Rafaim, and she said you don't even. She said people are living their lives, and and the Israelis are doing what they have to do, living their lives, showing that life go on. They're not going to be. They're not going to be stalled. They're not going to be. They're not going to live in fear. They're not going to hide out in huts. They're going to. They're going to do what they have to do to get by, and that's probably the best message that that Israelis can send. But in terms of American American public relations for what we're seeing. Uh, some of it's good, some of it's bad. Right now, we're doing a lot of Twitter work. The IDF spokesperson is on Twitter a lot and giving the highlights from the war. And I can give you kudos on 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 the on the up to date on on the the up to the minute um, uh, up to minute response. What's going on? But every once in a while, they flash back to a picture of Israeli soldiers holding guns indiscriminately, without 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 showing the the greater picture. And and I think. Trying to, they're trying to show an American Jewish audience that they're strong. I don't think that's the message. We know that they're strong. If if we're trying to appeal to the non to the secular audience, the ones that are a little skeptical of Israel, we want to show the where, where the bombs are hitting and the victims of the bombs in Israel who it's hurting and the trajectory and the amount that's coming on. The actual soldiers holding weapons. We should really stay away from things like that. But for the most part, if you listen to Michael Oren speaking beautiful. It's, it's poignant on point. This is the Bibi Netanyahu when he talks. He keeps on repeating the same message over and over again. No sovereign nation would stand for what's going on. If, if Mexico was lobbing bombs into Texas, America would take action. And I think they did back in 1845, message. correct? I'm sorry? I think America did back in 1845. America did back in exactly. And we keep on harping that message. But then you watch programs like CNN and MSNBC, and I've been really flipping through those, watching those religiously, because it kind of upsets me. And the first night that, that, that all this started happening a couple of days ago, I started watching um, MSNBC and CNN, Anderson Cooper, live from Gaza City. And all they keep on showing are, are uh, Israeli rockets falling, firebombs going off. And then they explain that the, the missiles being fired, the bombs being fired from Hamas aren't really landing on anything, and it's being intercepted by the Iron Dome, so why is Israel hitting back so hard, disproportionate? disproportionate. Kind of a what's-the-big-deal type and, of thing, and, you know? And, there's no, and they have nobody coming on those shows to refute that, saying that why is there an equivalence? Just because they're not hitting anything, just because Israel has the Iron Dome, doesn't make it right, it doesn't make it good, and it doesn't make it acceptable, and it doesn't negate Israel's right to defend its own people. And nobody, nobody on those channels are saying that. Then you have a channel like Fox News, where all they're doing is saying that, but the problem is Fox is seen as a radical, so nobody, so anyone who doesn't buy into Israel's message already isn't watching Fox News. So the people, the masses of America are watching CNN, MSNBC, and watching this dialogue and watching this 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 this, uh, this debate about why Israel is hitting with precision missiles. While it's just a nuisance, Hamas is just a nuisance. The Gaza is just a nuisance. Why is Israel even bothering? Why are they killing thousands of people when all they're doing is throwing rockets into empty fields? And and. When you, when you put it that way, it sounds so benign and silly. But when you actually show the people on the ground getting hurt and, and that, that Israel's living under, parts of Israel living under siege all the time, then it's a different story. I think that we have to keep on telling the story that no sovereign nation would accept it, first of all. 
that bombs coming over, whether they're hitting any, whether they're hitting targets or not hitting targets, are not acceptable, and they have the potential to hurt, and they did kill some people today. Uh, and and I, I and we can't back down from it. And I think that we back down from. I, I think that the American Jewish audience sometimes gets a little queasy and backs down. I think that when 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 the bombs get too 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 much, the death toll rises. And when Israel accidentally hits a building that uh, that ha- that has a missile battery but also has people living in it, Amer- the American audience gets a little gets a little squeamish, and we can't accept it. We know that's exactly what Hamas wants, but we can't accept it to some degree. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a, uh, a war we can't always win. We have to always try to win the Hasbara war, but sometimes Israel has to do what's best for them physically and 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 realistically, and not really worry about the Hasbara war. So Judah, of- Judah, uh, Arya King here in the here in the in the studio has 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 been living through this. His family's been living through this, and he's telling me that the only solution is ground war, is a ground invasion of Gaza. Uh, I think that, from what I'm understanding from you, is right now Israel is winning the Hasbara War. Can they win the Hasbara War with a with a ground invasion? Strongly, strongly disagree. I am. I I want to define myself, and I and I hate doing this to media, but I'm going to define myself as a hawk because I really believe in in the conservative values of Israel, and 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 I do believe that the message. And your partner, and your partner Ron Tarosian, is a well-known hawk as well. There is no two-state solution because they do not believe in their hearts that Israel should exist. Therefore, anything, any peace process that's that's alleged to come across is only a means to an end for the Palestinians. That's what I deeply believe. However, however, a, a ground war. Just like two, just like a few years ago under Ehud Olmert, is not going to go as well. There'll be a lot of bloodshed, and I think the Israeli community, the Israeli, the Israeli public, as well the American public, is going to get sick watching Israeli deaths as well as Palestinian deaths mount. And we can't win that war. We unless we're willing to go in, stay in for the long haul. What's the po- What's the problem with that, Yuda? Yuda, Yuda, with all the respect, Yuda, do you see yourself living in a place where? When you send your child to the school, you don't know if he will go back, he will get back for no, 10 no, years. No, 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 I don't If you will give me one example, one mm-hmm. example, just one, where uh, this solution that you're talking about, of talking with the Arabs and getting to some agreement, created... A, a, with a terrorist organization created a better time, a better life afterward. Give me one oh, example. There, there is none. There is, is no one. So why are you, you taking you the people but, in Israel as but, a uh, as a playground? It's not a playground. Yes. It's a life of people. And why are we playing? I'm telling you. I don't know who you're talking with, but I'm telling you the people that are there suffering for more than ten years for mortars, for missiles, they are the people, first people, that you and me and every, anybody need to ask if they are willing to stay living like that. You know, my, my brothers are living in Ashkelon, so yesterday at 8 o'clock a, a missile fell in their streets. So two of my brothers, since they don't have a security room, so they went back to my parents in the kibbutz. They, so the kibbutz, they have a, a security room. They got there. And then I got an SMS on the way back from, uh, from uh, Palm Beach to, my, to Miami Beach. I get an SMS from my brother, 50 meters from my parents' house, a mortal fell. Tell me, do you see? Well, Arye, I, I, fair, in, fairness, in fairness to Judah, I, I don't want to, I, I, I don't think that we should all 
measured this by the personal connection to the conflict because I know I I know with confidence <laughs> I know with confidence that we are all personally connected in different ways. We all have family. And we all don't know, but I th I just I don't want Judah to feel that he's. Oh, oh, I, I, this is the only way, Michael. Michael, I, I don't. I live with them. My, my brother lives in Modine with four children and his wife. They, they tell me right now, so far they haven't been affected because it's so close to the border that they're the Arabs are not going to hit their own people, so to speak. But I don't believe they're not going to hit their own people. But so far, he said he's okay. Like, yeah, have, like, I, I, like I Assad is not eating brother, his own people in there. Syria. My, believe yeah. me, they they eat one other, one the other. They don't care. They kill the butcher. The butcher, look what they did in Tunisia, in Libya, in Egypt, in Syria. They, if they are doing it like that between themselves, what do you think? They care about Hillary Clinton well, and Bibi Netanyahu? In the first the chance they, they will have, they will also kill us. To be traitors. They drag them in the streets by chains. Exactly. Because I, today. Well, yes, of course. They're, they're, they're awful, so why do you think? People. So why do they, you they, think? They, why do you think that your solution or, or this idea that staying outside... We create I, a better I life. Don't, you know what? It, it's, it's a mixed emotion. My solution is not to stay outside simply like that. But if Israel's going to go in, they have to stay in for the long haul, commit to it. They can't go in for three of days, course. lose a bunch of guys, of and then go out because they get squeamish. But Israel, in my opinion, I don't think the Israeli public or the American public can stand Who for a Who cares about the American public with all the respect to where I am? I care about the Americans. I care about if you are a Jew, come to Israel, and then I will consider your voice. To root out, to root out the bomb. America. I don't know. I don't know how that's possible without death. Aryeh. Of course, Aryeh. you know how many. You know. Hold, hold on. You know. My hold name on, is, hold on. My I'm, name. My name is Aryeh. You know why it's Aryeh? Because when I was born I at 1970, my, no, my daughter's name is Aryeh. So uh, my name is Aryeh because when I was born at 1973. So, if you take the gematria, the letters of Aryeh, you will get to the number of soldiers that were killed in the day that I was mm -hmm. born. And I, my father was in Sinai in the war when I had the Brit. This is the way we live in Israel, okay? Not today, not for the last two years and ten years. This is how this nation created this state, and if we don't understand that, so we are not talking about the same Israel that I, I know. I, but, but, but Michael asked me to talk about the public relations effect and not about the practical okay. effect. So, and this, this I, is a field. Do, 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 do I think Israel Well, is that's why we're here. We're, we're, I think we're, they do. Do I think they can win that war if they did? No. Right. And, and Judah is, I, I think, bringing an important perspective because we are, of course, on the, on the radio here. We're on the Internet. We're here talking about these issues because we want the public to better understand. And the way the public better understands is they understand perspective they understand the spin this show is called spin class so we're we're trying to spin it a little bit for them and i understand the the perspective that you're bringing are and it's important but in the end in the mm -hmm. end you're living it and i and i respect that and i'm not and we're not here to dictate anything anything whatsoever and i think judah will agree with me we're not here to dictate anything to to the to the israeli government or to the israeli people because there's no question being on the front lines gives you that right and doesn't give us that. But I want to I do want to say for the edification of our audience and the edification of the public, the perspective of the PR war or the PR battle if you will on a daily basis to understand for the public to understand what is going on, that's important as well. There's an important perspective that needs to happen. And I think that the more the be more the public understands what's going on and what the real facts and what really happens on the ground the only way to root out this these weapons these weapons of destruction because that's all that that's all it's about it's about destroying and living and and keeping a population in terror 
The only way to do that might be to might be to to go in. The question is, do they need to go in now? Do they need to do it? Do they need to do it now, if not later? So I I think that I I want to understand. I want you to, to at least be given a fair chance here because I think I, I, I think his okay, perspective uh, is important. And, and with that, Michael, I want to tell you that Arya is absolutely right. The only way to effectively and efficiently go after every single weapon and make sure there's nothing left that can hurt Israel is to go in door to door, tunnel to tunnel house to house, bunker to bunker, and clean house. But what that's going to take is a lot of death, a lot of violence, a lot of bloodshed on both sides. And I truly, truly don't believe that the American Jewish, the liberal Jewish, you know, the Jewish audience doesn't have the stomach for that ultimately. Get, and they'll, they'll start, they'll I care start, about the liberal in the States. The, they'll, they'll, the liberal Jews, if they want me to respect them, and to listen to them, and I have some respect to them, so let them come and serve in the army for one day, okay? And then it's, I will... You know, you know who cares? I, I really don't know. I don't get time. it. Yes, no People right are willing... I'm willing to die. I'm willing to die. I'm willing to go... Agreed. So not, ask me. that's not the reality on the ground, are you? That's the, not the reality on the ground. You are PR guy, and you know better than me that the reality and what people are seeing, there's no any connection, okay? There's no any issues of what the facts are when people, what they see in CNN or Fox News or whatever, okay? What's, there's no connection, as you said. Missiles are falling all over, but what you see in CNN, just what's falling in one side of the border. So exactly. let's, uh, let's talk, uh, in any case, CNN would be against us. In any case, United Nations would be against us. In any case, listen to me, United States will back up Israel in any thing that the Israel government will decide United States will support Israel so even Judah, if it's going Judah he's giving us Judah he's giving us a good point though and I'm, I don't think I can I can say that as positively as you can I think at some point it reaches the point where Israel where America will, will, will have a hard time doing it the president would back down and the liberal establishment would back down I, I, I can see that happening absolutely it never happened I think these, these are both important points because Judah I think what you're I think what Arya is saying is that in the end, just create the facts. Create the, create... Let, let, me, let, let, let me tell you what's different from now between 1967, 1973, even the American Civil War. Okay? We didn't have the internet. We didn't have instant pictures. When I heard about deaths, when you heard about deaths in Vietnam, you heard about them a day later, two days later. When you heard about deaths in the Civil War, it was a week later in the newspaper. When you hear things now, it's instantaneous. That means everything that's happening happens in front of the public right away, and it becomes a major issue. Everything becomes a major issue in the news, and the news decides the media decides what's going to become the news today. If Israel lobs a, lobs a missile in that hits an apartment building and a thousand people are killed, that becomes the story and not the fact there was a weapons cache in the basement. That's not the story anymore. It's it's the it's the hundred children that are bloody being rushed to hospital and dead. You, you really believe what you said? You know, you know how many uh, Arabs were, today were killed in Damascus in Syria? Oh, yeah, but, how many? But, but, please, but, please tell yeah, me how I, many. I know that. But, you but don't I, know that. Um, how many? You're you know, I know. Hundred, you know, today, you know 176 I, 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 Arabs I, I, were killed in Syria. Article, I, but I'm nobody cares about that. It's fact. Israel's, Israel's worst public relations battle is Israel itself. The fact that when we had 
the final presidential debate in America, the foreign policy debate on, on American foreign policy, an hour and a half was devoted to Israel. It became about what America does for Israel. Israel cannot afford that kind of PR. That's not good PR because the rest of America gets sick of it after a while. If, if Israel wouldn't be in the news so much, they can do what everyone else does around the world and do what they have to do without attention. But Israel gets unusual attention, unusual. Because we are blessed to live in the Holy Land. This is a blessed, that we were blessed, we were chosen by God. Let's be proud in this decision that God said, decided before uh, more than uh, 3,000, 4,000 years. We are happy with that. And let's be proud to be Jews. Let's be proud Very to be proud living to be Jews, in all also, of the Holy Land. And who cares about uh, this liberal or this Democrat? That, you, that, that we are doomed to be alone. We are doomed to be alone. Okay, we need to accept that in any case, if we will be like, uh, you know, the most... Polite people, in any case, you know, the nation will be, some nations will be against us, and some will be in our favor, and we need to understand that in any case, any way that we will, we will behave with the Arabs, the Arabs will be against us, most of them. And I think that the facts, the facts, if there will be 100 people killed or 1,000, it's not the issue. If there's 10 people that were killed in Gaza Strip today, it's more important than the 176 Arabs that were killed today in the suburbs of Damascus. Why? But because why? because that's CNN... That's where the world attention is. Well, well, perhaps the world... Syria has nothing to offer the country economically, the world economically. Syria has nothing to offer the world in terms of uh, any, anything practical. And, and therefore, that's what you see. Uh, unfortunately, our world is a very simplistic world. If, if we live in a place where, where Israel is a center of attention because American Jewry makes it that way and because it's a holy land, and Syria has no natural resource, nobody cares. Israel, and, 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 that's, and you know what? If, if, if this wouldn't have happened, if, if, this, if this issue in Israel wouldn't have come up right now, I could have this debate with you that we went into Libya so fast and we're still ignoring Syria. Why? Because Libya had oil. We have, Syria has nothing. But but you wouldn't be so cynical, would you, Judah? But I wanna but I wanna <laughs> but I wanna throw one thing into the mix here and just get a quick reaction because uh we're actually almost out of time, believe it or not. Iran. So now you have this conflict, perhaps it goes away, perhaps it lulls, perhaps it gets worse. Israel has some faithful decisions to make with regard to Iran. And how does that impact the decision making? Does... I think I think that Israel has to right now, no matter what, whether whether they choose a ground incursion or not, they should be focusing their public relations war on the fact that all this is happening because of Iran. They have to bolster their position publicly right now that anything they do right now is anything that's happening right now is because of Iran. That way, they're protecting themselves and setting and setting the snare up for when they have to do the ultimate things they have to do, because all this is being led by Iran. And once the public's aware that Iran caused all this stuff, and anything Israel does afterwards can be can be not easily but readily explained away. Arya, I agree with you. I agree with you. But I, I absolutely, I think Iran is behind of it. Israel need to just to 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 get all the the evidence to where the money came came to uh, to the Gaza with uh, with uh, behind of the scenes. Uh, controlling this uh, fundamentalistic that are launching missiles besides the Hamas, the other uh, organizations. By the way, I will I will give you another example. It's you know there's another battle. 
And we will wake up another seven years and we'll say, how come we didn't stop it? Exactly like the missile that started years ago and suddenly now we waked up. You know how, many, how, how much money is coming from Iran, from Saudi Arabia, into Israel, and they are buying land in Eretz Israel? You know that in Kerenai Thought Street, in Jerusalem, we have four buildings already that were purchased by Arabs, being sponsored by terrorist countries. You know that uh, we have in Akko, in the Galil, money is coming inside. In Israel, everybody knows, the government knows, nobody is stopping it. This, it's the same problem that we have today with the missiles. Everybody saw, everybody felt, everybody heard, but nobody cared. And now, it's happening also from inside. Iranian money from Saudi Arabia, from the uh, Persian Gulf, money is coming for buying property inside Israel. Not, I'm not, not talking about East Jerusalem or the Judean Samaria. I'm talking about Tel Aviv, Yafo, Akko, Negev. And it's the same problem. Our leaders. And uh, I think that uh, if something I can admire, not admire, sorry, if something I can ask the, the, the audience here in the States is to put pressure on the Jewish-Israeli leadership in Israel to... Uh, to 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 uh, protect our homeland in a better way that they are doing in the last few years. You heard that, everybody. Uh, I, go and, out, and, 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 go out and, and buy an apartment, right, Michael. Yes, Judah. Add one more comment. Unfortunately, Israel, America, no matter who you are, politicians are politicians, and money is money, and that's the, sometimes the. You are absolutely right. Well. I agree with you. Unfortunately. <laughs> okay, so I and I want to get the follow-up question in on the Iranian conflict. Why is it? And I can't figure it out that at the same time that there's a conflict with uh, Hamas in the south, why hasn't Hezbollah started to launch rockets from the north? I if think, this is I really Iran, biding their time, I think they're 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 waiting for the, they're waiting for a ground incursion. They're waiting for Israel to really be fully expended in Gaza before they go ahead and Absolutely. start start draining their resources. I agree with right you. now, Israel can so, handle on both sides. So that would be so that potentially would be a reason not to invade. I think Israel's well aware of it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not telling them they don't know. But if they start, if they launch a ground incursion, I'm sure they're ready. I'm, I'm sure they know that they need to be ready for uh, for, for Lebanon. By the, by the way, you, you maybe misunderstand me. I think before sending troops, what you need to do is to put artillery, and we have this equipment, and just to clean, to 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 divide the the, the Gaza Strip by artillery and by. Uh, sending not uh, once every few hours uh, a plane, uh, but to send it every few minutes and to and to clean the like strips from east to west, and then send the troops. Believe me, this is what you you you, you learn in the officer uh, officer army. I was I, I graduated in the army, and this is what you're learning. We just need to do what we are learning, and unfortunately, we are not doing it. By by doing what we learn in the in the officer army, in every academy, uh, uh, army academy, if we would do it this way, we will not have a lot of uh, people being killed there like we had last time. And I think this uh, the point that Israel called for more than seventy thousand. A reserve, or at least approved it, it's a meaning that Israel is also expecting the possibility that we will have some uh, conflict starting uh, starting from In the Lebanon. north, from, from Lebanon. Right. Well, I agree. Well, I have to say, gentlemen, this has been a spirited uh, spirited discussion, and I think uh, I, I certainly learned a lot. I, this is probably the first time I can think of, Judah, that you were on the left side of the uh, of the aisle. I, 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 and, and it wasn't even left, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Well, anyway, 
thank you very much, Judah. Thank you very much, Arye, for joining us. Uh, it's been a fantastically enlightening uh, discussion with regard to all aspects of the current conflict. And Judah, thanks for taking time out from a probably very sumptuous main course as well. So, you know, you know, you know what? I'll rather be on the phone. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> and uh, we're going to say goodnight to Arya King. You. Have a wonderful trip back to, oh, actually to Mexico for, before returning to Israel. Judah, uh, enjoy the dessert. And this is Spin Class with Michael Fragan on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com. Stay tuned. We will speak to you next week. And enjoy the long weekend, everyone.